You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Hallelujah. I want us to read a scripture together before we take our seat this morning. And it's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 13. Uh, 1 Chronicles 12, sorry, 32. Okay, 1 Chronicles 12, 32. Are you there? The Bible says, And the children of Isaacar, which were men which had understanding of times, to know what Israel ought to do, the eggs of them were 200, and all their brethren at their command. Understanding of what Israel ought to do. Understanding of what, so there is something called understanding of knowing what to do. Praise the Lord. First Thessalonians, and we'll take our seats in the Bible, but let's read this one first. First Thessalonians, I want to read verse, uh, verse 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. Look at what the Bible says here. But of the times and season, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. You know. He said you know. He said concerning times and season, I don't need to write. You are supposed to know by the Spirit, you are supposed to have understanding of times and seasons. So the Bible says a group of people called Isaacites, from the man Issachar, they had understanding of times. They could tell Israel what to do per time. So that is true what we have read Ecclesiastes 5. Because I might bring this message to a, 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 a temporary close today uh, about times and season. So I'm doing a bit of a kind of recap. So I want us to read again Ecclesiastes 5. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes 5. And let's check something from there. We just read from verse. Um, okay. Hallelujah. No, rather, let's read Ecclesiastes 8. I want to start from verse 6. Ecclesiastes 8 6. Because to every purpose there is time. Because to every purpose there is time and judgment. Therefore the misery of man is great upon him. Man is in a serious trouble because every purpose. It's not enough to have a purpose. The purpose must have the right time in attack to live. Otherwise timing can defeat a good purpose. So the Bible says that to every purpose there is a timing. And then Ecclesiastes, uh, the popular one, where we started from, I want us to read it again. Hallelujah. Chapter 3. To every, Ecclesiastes 31, to everything, I, I'm doing the God, those who are coming there for the, for, for the first time, for about three or four weeks I've been talking along this line. To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the sun. You can have your seat. God bless you. To everything, 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 there is a season. And everything has its own time. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Ecclesiastes 11.5 says, In the morning sow your seed. So, as we have what God said to Noah, that while the earth remains, when he came down from the ark, he said while the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, summer and winter, cold and heat, day and night will never cease. And I spoke really briefly about night period and then we spoke about crisis last week. So God said to Noah, now the first thing everybody should know about seasons of life is the fact that they are never static. Hallelujah. That's why the word it shall come to pass is several in the Bible. It shall come to pass, but it will always come to pass. Whatever season you are in right now, it's not permanent. And the length of each season is determined by what to do during the season or in the season, in that season. So we must know, first of all, that everything under the sun, so under the seasons, they come and they go. This is the reason why we have to humble ourselves in the season of prosperity. Otherwise, it might not last. And if you are going through something right now, it's not going to be like that forever. Praise the Lord. And what I really want to say this morning, do not make a permanent decision on a temporary situation. And this happens to people, and the reason is what they call misplacement of power refuse. It's important to understand that you cannot make a permanent decision because of a temporary situation. Don't do it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> I will go a bit deep into that later. But let's let that soak in. Just let that really enter you. That was the mistake of Esau. Sometimes you are under pressure and you are about to make a decision there will be far more consequential than you think. Esau came home. Hunger will last for a while. But the guy hyped it like people do. Listen, house rent, paying school fees, or having difficulty in paying your rent, is just for a while. But you can do something that will damage you forever because of that. Unemployment is just for a while. But what you do during your period of waiting, waiting is not forever. But there are steps you can take while waiting that can put you in trouble forever. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. People are really tempted under pressure. That is when temptation comes out. So Esau came home that day, and the Bible says, so we're warning Hebrew chapter 12 that we should not be like Esau. I think that's Hebrews 12, 26 or 36. Don't be like Esau. I didn't plan to talk about Esau. Oh, oh God. The Bible says that let us not uh, be fornicators or an effeminate person like Esau. Oh, because of a muscle of bread, so this bad right. That story happened in Genesis 25. And he looked for it later. He just came and said, I'm hungry. And he just said, Send me, he just said I need your bad right. And he said, well, well, what's bad right to me now? Now, the mistake of Esau is found in Proverbs 22, the Bible says a good name should be chosen rather than silver and gold. You know why? 
at the end of the day, a good name gives you more than silver and gold. I have seen, and this can grieve a person, honestly. I have seen, even a few times in this church, I've seen within my short years of my journey on earth as a believer, how they will recommend a Christian for a job and they will mess up the job. And I've come across, I've heard of Christian caterers. They will be recommended. And then they go there. You know, they build their need into that, 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 that project or that contract and they mess it up. See? Are, are you with me? Yes, I, I mean, I've heard that story many, many, many times in almost all churches. When the Christian caterer will be given to and she will charge them, but she won't that deliver. Maybe she's going through a need or is going through a need that time. And here is an opportunity. But what you don't know is this. In life, there is morning time and evening time. So the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10, 16, who unto you own land when your king is sitting in the morning? So Proverbs 11, Ecclesiastes 11, 5 says, in the morning sow your seed. Morning time is for seed sowing, not for eating. That means that, say, there is a morning time of your life. They say between age 1 and 30. Then you are 30 to 60. By the time you are 60 to 90, you are saying, but you are actually transferring or mentoring or waving the word bye-bye. Not that you die, but that you are exiting the state gradually. When you are between 60 and 90. The last 30 years is to consult, help somebody, raise somebody. So the first 30 years is to sow. Next 30 years is actually to consolidate on what you have sown. And the last 30 years is actually to raise somebody else and give back to people and help people. Mentor people. Are you with me? Yes, sir. So the first 30 years, like your morning time, just like you have, literally, you have morning and evening. Also, when you start something, when you are newly employed or you start a new business, that moment at the beginning is your morning time. It is not eating time. What you should do in the morning, in the morning, sow your seed. It's time to sow. So a person gets the first contract and is thinking about how car money will come out of it. How this will come out of it. So they buy some stand, you know, when you buy some standard stuff, you make more money. But you see, a good name is better than silver and gold. At the end of the day, what counts in people giving somebody to use a good name? I know Christians. It is sad. I can fellowship, worship, pray with them, but I can't give them contracts because they have no good name. They have the name of Jesus. No names are powerful. When they mention your name before people, what comes to people's mind? A sonic believer, a swindler, someone that takes advantage of you or whatever. What comes to mind when your name is mentioned? See, eventually it will count for you or against you. This is very important. Why do we use the name of Jesus today? Philippians 2 says, Wherefore God has highly exalted the verse 9, and he has given the name that is above in the dimension of the name of Jesus, but he obtained the name by doing certain things. Hebrews 1 4 says, He has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name. It was obtained. And if we start from that, uh, uh, Philippians 2, from the beginning, the Bible said that he humbled himself and he became obedient to death. Wherefore God has highly a great name is not easy to come by. It's not cheap. And it, you know, it bothers one that this is not the concern of many Christians. At the beginning. It's not the concern of many Christians. I have been uh, telling somebody's uh, events. 
Can, can I talk to us this morning? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. I, I, I once attended one event by a Christian, and it was a sister in their church that she gave the food to. Three hours into the meeting, the sister was nowhere to be found. She came late and she expected the person to understand. Well, uh, they are not in our church. I just came by where I sat. But I was too sure that God forbid that I give this person that an opportunity to do this kind of thing. Why? They haven't even read. When Paul was admonishing people in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1, he began to say that those are, he said, those who are servants, he said, obey your master. They might be members of their church. Your church said, so that the name of the Lord might not be blasphemed. So there is a way I can behave outside and bring report to the name of Jesus Christ. And the Christian shouldn't go that way. And the reason why people do that is that they don't understand money. Why do they employ a Christian and is beginning to cheat in the office? They don't understand that weeping may endure till the night. Joy comes in the morning. That there is a moment in your life you are sowing. Jacob was in Laban's house. And we are quick to claim the promises of multiplication of Jacob. A sheep multiplied. But you have forgotten what he said when he was talking to his wife. The day was protesting to Laban. He said that in the day, in the heat and in the day, I was on the field working. We are talking of a covenant carrier here that the father Isaac transferred the blessing of Abraham to. He said no sheep was missing. He said the one that was damaged, I, I bore the cost. Oh, I will never forget. How Pastor Bless, I wish she had told me. The first business that she did, she supplied a chair to a company, but she had to order it also. And because those people gave her some standard stuff, and the office complained. You know what? She went to use her money to get new ones for them. She saw that she could not pay salary for six months. She could not earn anything. But she told her staff, we are protecting a good name. Let that company not say. They were not planning to arrest her. She had done the job, but they were complaining. The chairs were bad. She went to look at it and she felt ashamed. She took it back and went to buy another one. She lost money. But look at where she is today. Those who rise genuinely must have a foundation. And that foundation is on a good name you must stand. Are you with me? Glory to God. From when I was investing till now, how many times have I seen a believer selling something and it's, number one, it's more expensive than that of every other person and then it's actually not original. You know, the, 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 the quest is I want to make money. I want to make money. You can't be genuinely rich if it's all about money. It is true. Because there will be a time to make a choice between a good name and silver and gold. It will appear like if I do this, see, the morning period, that is why maybe the first few contracts we do, you do, your sole aim is to earn a good name. Sometimes it might mean that you have little or no profit, but you are building something. You are building something. You know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Am I really talking to somebody? I went somewhere one day. I just met a guy. He just released an album. The album was not popular. Nobody was buying it. Somebody was asking him. I was there like this. Somebody was asking him. There was another pastor there. He said, oh, will you come to our church and and he said that 350,000. That was many years ago, and that one just left. The last time I saw him in one meeting, he's no more, he was not singing again. Why do people put, as at the time that guy was asking him, 
they had not invited him to any place in six months. Opportunity call, you are saying, talk to my PA. PA nonsense. PA over what? You don't have a financial strength of 300k per month. You have a PA. PA for what? You are your PA. Even the PA serve is not serious. <laughs> I read something that one of the buffets had it touched me deeply. That three things take people away, people's money away. It's a ladies, linko, and leverage. That leverage, they need to stress it in Africa. Leverage. Trying to be like somebody. Trying to be like somebody. Why should I think as a pastor that I am not yet a pastor until seven people are following me? So if I go to preach somewhere alone, so it takes the anointing away. No, that's not to say anything about it, but I'm just saying the way young people think and things that we internalize. To what end? So leverage, just want to be like somebody. Why do some people do very expensive wedding? You see, at times, I take us deep into some deep stuff in the Bible. At other times, just like Jesus, he will share about heaven and some very things they consider mysterious in their time. Except to eat my flesh, but they consider them hard things. But at other times, he will tell them parable, parables, just for people to be balanced and understand. Why do people do very expensive wedding? Those who cannot afford not. If you can afford, you can do anything you want. There's nobody, nobody should control what you can. But you cannot afford. And why do they do that? You are trying to prove a point to a friend. You want them to come to your wedding. Come back. Ah, then go take. <laughs> and after anything, your rice. Well, buy anything. They have just enjoyed and they have moved on. It's amazing how people put pressure on themselves. If a person loves you genuinely, they will visit you anywhere you are staying. If you have a friend and you are ashamed because you live in a mini flat or whatever, then you don't have a true friend. Understand this. If what you can pay for is a house somewhere, it, it will not be like that forever. It's just for a while. Our light affliction, which is born for a moment. Praise God. Afflictions are always for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But there can be an opportunity. All my friends, now they have a car. God understands. It is, it's not wrong to desire one. But what are you willing to do to get it? A good name. And once you are tense like that, there is pressure. Satan will open an opportunity for you. A good name. And that can get you into trouble. Loneliness, feeling lonely, is for a while. You can amplify it and rush into marriage and you are damaged forever. Children, no father, or full of bitterness against their dad. Everything is upside down. Because you decided to take a permanent decision on a temporary situation. Somebody left you. You want to prove a point to him. So you hijack someone else. Who doesn't even fit into your life. I have watched people do things like this. So you now go to a wedding ceremony with their new boyfriend or girlfriend. To prove a point to the other person. 
I have nobody in my life I'm trying to impress. The only one I should impress cannot be impressed, and it's Jesus Christ Himself. So why the pressure? Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Yeah. Why the pressure? I have never asked any pastor on the face of the earth how many people are in your church among my friends. I have never asked anybody. If I go, anytime I invite to go and preach, it's whatever I see, I see. I prepare as God gives me the ability, regardless of the people. I have prayed for somebody for a rented the hall that will sit 600 people who were two inside the hall. And I preached my heart out. I was soaked in sweat when I was here. He escorted me to the car and he said, Today I know that you are truly a pastor. And when I came and I saw two people, he said he invited three of us. The other guy came in. When he saw two people, he told him that there was a meeting somewhere and went away. In my heart, of course, I didn't want to say a wrong thing. I said in my heart that you should know that that guy was never your friend. Sometimes adversity is allowed to see. It will help you know who is for you and who is really not for you. Yeah. You see, storms, they have the bad part of A storm can be bad. But there are one or two good things also that will help you to do. Number one is to let you know that you are a man, not God. It's true. It helps. And then number two, it allows you to know what your priorities are actually in life. They told the man that he had few days to live. He called down all his business trips and everything and stayed with his family. And later, a lot of said, you're not going to die again. Therefore, the first thing he understood that. So family is actually important than jumping up and down to conquer the whole world. The children just know, they just knew that he was around. He didn't tell them what the doctor told him. Day and night he was around, sitting down with them, loving them. He just realized. It is true that I say nothing changes a man like crisis. Yeah. Many of us say we drink coke. I do. God forbid. If a doctor says you stop coke or you die in three days, you will stop for sure. So sure. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's nothing. Anything in the I can't stop it. I can't stop it. I can't stop. I like I can't stop it in the night. I love eating in the night. Cause I don't eat all day long. So I get home like I pray, pray till one, two, and I sleep is not coming. I feel like eating. So I'm praying for God to help me to overcome that thing. So when I read from Daisha that I do it in it annoys me. People that know they are saying the truth. Because it's like they are poor. So what, what am I supposed to do? Go to bed, empty stomach, and wake up the following day and continue. But you see, it's because I've not been threatened like that before. And God forbid I get ready. If there's need to stop, you will stop. The energy will come from within. Just like when you say, I have malaria, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling fine, I'm not feeling fine. And there is a wolf coming. It is when you get back home that you will remember that ah, I wasn't feeling fine. <laughs> because the energy, everybody's telling you, oh, sorry, I can't go to office, I can't go to Georgia, I'm not feeling fine. I don't remember. There's nobody. Somebody gave an analogy, very powerful. I think it happened, and a lady came to tell him they were unbelievers then. You know, oh, the guy was like, I can't, I can't, I can't help myself. Oh, I can't help myself. They won't believe us then. So we wanted to have sex. I can't help myself. I can't help. Oh, I love you. I'm under prayer. And then he removed his clothes and she just said, wait, 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 wait. And he said, I'm not saying you should not do it. But have you ever wondered why you notice I've never had any boyfriend? I said, why? He was still removing his clothes. He said, I'm actually HIV positive. <laughs> the pressure lifted immediately. 
And the guy said, I, I think we need to talk. But after he talked, he went to his house. Don't say anything cannot be controlled. It's because you have not found a worthy reason to stop it. <laughs> Hallelujah. A good name. A good name. So in the morning season, it is time to sow. The Bible says in the morning, sow your seed. When Daniel got to Babylon, he began to work on, you, are, you have an assignment and you have a long way to go. The journey will demand that at the beginning, it is called you have to delay gratification at the beginning. We have a lot of young people here listening to me. Please hear me very well. This is important. You are 25. Don't try to live like a man that is 45. The difference is clear. Learn to say no to many things. This is the morning time. It's time to sow. Let's read that scripture together that says that woe to your land. Ecclesiastes 10, 16. Your king wakes up and all he begins to do is more. He said, that's a serious problem. I remember you are a king through Christ Jesus our Lord. So you should know. So the sons of Isaac received that revelation of being able to tell Israel what to do per time. Because to every purpose there is time. And once that time is missed, there will be mystery. Ecclesiastes 10, 16. Woe to your land when your king is a child and thy princes eat in the morning. Morning time. I just thought I should share this with us. Part of the fruit of righteousness, which we shared on Wednesday, it manifests in the works of your hand. It manifests in the things that you do. We stand, we, we need to correct the impression that people around have about the name of Jesus Christ because of encounters with Christians. We are believers. Delay gratification in the morning. Are you getting what I'm saying? A time we come, you are more than enough. But at the beginning, it is necessary. It's important. Glory to God. Have I shared stuff with you today? The night time is a time that people sleep. Night will come. Night will come. But please cover enough ground in the morning. When they wanted to arrest Jesus, they were telling that they were arrested. He said, Are there no 12 hours in a day when a man should walk? He said, The night cometh when no man can walk. There is a time when you are resting and it is harvest time. And your harvest is equal to the seed that you have sown. All the help you have given, all the labor, everything. I want to end this way. I want let me say this also to uh, people that are very much young here. In the morning time, don't waste time. It is important. Acquire all the knowledge you need. Learn as many things. Some of us also did not know so much of this while growing up. But I'm telling you now. Learn as many things. Why others are wasting their time running up and down. Tomorrow, it will show who has been putting seed inside that soil. It will show. You are a first class graduate. Nothing stops you from learning photography if you have the opportunity. You are three months at home, you are not doing it. Just resent the idea of you are waking up, sleeping, doing nothing. 
when you are waiting for a job, what are you doing while waiting? It's not, there's nothing wrong with waiting. It's about while you are waiting, are you doing some other things? Or you are just waiting? This is very important. So when you wait, how do you wait? BBN. Are you there six hours watching? There is something that we all have in equal proportion. It is called time. You and the greatest man on earth, you are not the presidents of the nations of the earth. You both have 24 hours. How do we? This is where we are all equal. When it comes to other things, we are not equal. It's true. So if a person is born in America, in some steps, except by grace and by deep understanding, the boys already are held by some so they have facilities, they have a lot of things that will help them, which we don't have here. So where matters? Where they give back to you? Next to that is who? Who gives back to you? So if your father, no matter what, if your father is a president of a nation, especially a prosperous nation, even if it's not a thief, you cannot be a pauper. If you are, you need extra deliverance. Because he has given you a kind of head start in life. It's true. He knows too many people can call who can give you a job if you need one. There's no possibility of embassy saying no to you. So there are many advantages you already have because your father is a president. And remember, they pay them for me. There are many benefits when you leave the office. So you can't be poor. There's a possibility of soldiers following you around and everything. You already are ahead of many people. Or your father is a king. Or your father has earned a mighty name, a popular name. When you start to say, I'm so, so person's son. Everybody wants to. So, that happens. So, where or who? They matter. Hallelujah. But in the absence of these two things, there are things you can do for yourself. So, I have just shared with you. I've talked about what to do in crisis before. I've talked about what to do in the moment of prosperity. It's a time. Anytime things are working for you, humble yourself. That is what you need. The Bible says, so I read in that first Timothy 16 also, six also, towards seven, towards the end. I, I read to you that week. The Bible expressly commands the rich to be careful. It's important. Funny thoughts come when you are so when you are okay, you tend not to respect or fear anybody if care is not taken. Then there's a possibility of looking down other people and thinking that they are where they are because they are not doing enough. And you are forgotten that everything is seasonal. Observing my father's friends and people I saw while growing up. We live in an, my, my parents live in an estate in Abel, we, we moved there in 1994. Between 1994 and now, I can tell of five, six, seven people who were the richest in the estate who have nothing again. I drove in one day, I had to carry one in my car. I couldn't believe that this man, yes, I passed through a house. I think I showed somebody in the church now. The house, everything, weed. The children went on those cards, squandered the man's money. He now asked stroke, he was thrown about, he came back. I was sure when he came to my friend's father's house to come and beg for money. He was one of the richest in our place then. You, you, you just don't know the next 30 years. So it becomes necessary to be humble. Once things are working for you, don't be arrogant. It's a trick. That season will stay if you humble yourself and you help other people. 
But the moment there is a feeling, then there will be a problem. Have you heard me today? Praise the Lord. Go back to the beginning of all these things that I've shared with us. I make an announcement by the Spirit of God. When we're praying this morning, this was came, this word came to us. For all those who trust God for their marriage, your season is here. Amen. Guys and ladies who want to get married and you don't seem to find a partner in the name of Jesus Christ, the door is open. Amen. If you are here like that, take your Bible and your paper right now. Write the date you want to get married. I am not speaking to you as a preacher now. I'm speaking to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, write the vision and make it plain. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Everyone who desires to marry, can those who trust God for the fruit or the womb, how dear, you join the list. Take a Bible. If you don't have a pen or a Bible, take your phone and write down a date. Everybody bow your head. Pray for, just pray for about 30 seconds. Whatever day comes to your heart, write it. God will honor it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't do something that your faith cannot carry. Don't tempt God. Follow your heart. Follow your heart, not your mind. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just write a date down. Write a date down. Oh, Lord, we bless you. The Lord is saying to me, those who are here, who have missed opportunities because you put the card before the horse, you got a job, but because you were under pressure, needs here and there, you did not deliver your best. There's another opportunity coming your way. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Pray right now. Just pray. Pray right now. Pray right now. It's an extension of the mercy of God. It's an extension of the mercy of God. If you're not the sound of my voice also, maybe you were employed or something happened and you were rude or you behave in a, in, a, in, a, in, in a particular way that made them to tell you to stay off. Somebody employed you, something happened, you put up an attitude in the place of work or in the business that I, and yeah, you, you are trying to use strong gear that I, I was standing for my right. But inside you, you, you know right now that you actually spoke in a way you shouldn't have. I want you to pray for mercy right now. The mercy of God will be extended to what you are doing. Another opportunity will be opened up. He can do that. He can do that. Some are praying to God, but the opportunity he gave them in life, they wasted it. And they said to really pray for mercy. That's what you need to do. Instead of buying and losing and commanding, you need to humble yourself and pray that, Lord, you gave me an opportunity and I wasted it. A relationship with somebody, but you mess it up. Somebody stretches hand or hand to help. Somebody brought you into an office, into a family, into an environment. But you put up an attitude. Now you are asking, Lord, I need help. But the help is sent. You wasted it. These are the things affecting believers here and there. Some even have relatives who can help them. But because of what they have said, what they have done in the past, you know you can't go back there. And you are praying. But the mercy of God 
can reconstruct things. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, we give you praise. We love you, Lord, we love you, Lord, we love you, Lord. Oh, glory to God. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for answers. In Jesus' name. Is someone blessed this morning? Can you shout amen? Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Thank you.